Hello and welcome to Zeitgeist Banana, the podcast all about the English language, brought to you from Paris and London. I'm in Paris and in London we have English language teachings answer to Matt Damon. It's John. Hello, John. <laughs> Hello, Gideon. How are you doing? I'm fine. Do you like that being called the English language teachings Matt Damon? Um, I do, Super yeah. But yeah. I'm a bit I'm a bit worried about your obsession with, with Matt Damon. I mean, in fact, we haven't done a podcast for a good few weeks now, and I'm I'm concerned that maybe you were were over in Hollywood having some socially distanced parties or something uh, with the likes of Matt. Well, it's just that you always remind me of Matt Damon. I guess it's like that's the reason. And I think actually, strangely, strangely enough, I was in Hollywood and I did speak to Matt Damon and he is known as the John Edwards of Hollywood. Wow. So, yeah. So it works both ways. Wow. OK. Well, I, I'm intrigued to know why I'm similar to him. I guess it's from the Bourne identity, right? Because I'm like James Bond. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, so the podcast last time, if you remember, was about coffee and this time so i didn't tell you you don't know what it's about do you this time it's about john do you know what it's about no i don't know i'm, I'm completely in the dark um is it about ice cream no it's about tea ah oh, fascinating tea. history of tea yeah oh, oh okay yeah I'd, it is I'd... it is fascinating lots of stuff with being british people we should have done we should have done that first not second it comes after coffee. It should come before coffee. You say that, but now Britain is a coffee-drinking nation. More people drink coffee than tea now. Official. Wow. It's official. The statistics say that. Anyway, I do have a little bit. Before, before we start the podcast on tea, well, we've started, but I've got a bit of feedback on the podcast we did last time on coffee. Mm -hmm. If you remember, John, I talked about a Swedish experiment the first ever clinical trial, I'll remind the listeners if, if you haven't um, heard it yet, that they did an experiment. Gustav III, the king of Sweden, did an experiment. He had identical twins who had been sentenced to death, and he told them, we're going to commute your sentence. One of the twins has to drink tea and the other has to drink coffee every day for the rest of their life. And he wanted to prove that coffee was bad for you and the coffee drinker he suspected would die sooner but um, as it turned out both the doctors doing the clinical trial in the 18th century this was the mid 18th century both died and then the king died and the tea drinker lived to be 83 years old and what I found out doing a little bit more research is about Gustav III I just thought it's a bit interesting it's not really about coffee or tea Gustav III of Sweden, one of the comments I got on this, was he was assassinated. Really? Because of tea? Or... No. Oh. No. He tried to make coffee illegal several times in Sweden, or he did make it illegal, but that wasn't the right. It wasn't an angry coffee drinker <laughs> assassinated him. Mm. It was for a different reason, a political reason. He was shot. And this is why I think it's a good idea, if you have the idea, to live in the... 21st century and not the 18th century because he was shot in the leg okay not very particularly badly and he carried on government for a couple of weeks and then the wound got infected and he died 
Oh dear. Do do they know why they shot him? Yeah, they do, but I won't go into that as all the political reasons of 18th okay. century uh, Sweden and things. Uh, right, we'll enough. do that another time. Anyway, returning to tea, let me ask you: Can you think of any idioms, any expressions about tea in English? Well, I'm going to say one, and you're going to say it's totally wrong. And I know it's totally wrong, but I think commonly we think that it's not totally wrong. So I'm teetotal. It's wrong. Which, it, yeah, I know it's wrong. But <laughs> that's why you, I just you get, said. Yeah, John, that's got nothing to do with tea. It, I'll what? tell you the story of teetotal, okay? Teetotal means total abstinence, total abstinence, because it was a movement to encourage people not to drink any alcohol. And one of its leaders, one of the heads of the organization, whose name I forget at this moment, had a bit of a stammer. And he used to say, instead of total abstinence, you say t -t 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 total abstinence. So that's how the word teetotal got into the language. Yeah, well, I think nothing that's... to do with tea. It's just the same. It's a homonym, same well, sound. Well, yeah, but it it is very interesting, isn't it? Because I think most people, and I, you know, because you're well informed and you've probably looked it up and and didn't tell your students things like this. But I have definitely told students in the past that it's because of just drinking tea totally, um, which obviously. Why would you misinform all your students? Why would you even do that? Why don't you do some research? Just Google it and you find the, the truth. It's not even spelled T-E-A. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I, it, yeah, I, I, take, I take it back, all of my students. I'm, I really apologize. You should um, contact them all now. All right. All right. I, I John, think I will. I've only told three, I think. John, we're going to move on from teetotal because it's completely irrelevant to okay. uh, the All subject. Right. All right. Do you know any other tea idioms? Said angrily. <laughs> do, you know, <laughs> do, you know, do you know any other tea idioms? Tea idioms? Not, not really. The only thing that's actually coming to my ha head is like a, a little rhyme. So it's time for tea, tea for two. But that's not an idiom, is it? I'll tell you some idioms. I think you do know them. Is it maybe it's too early in the morning? It it is. I in fact I drank a cup of tea this morning, but it doesn't have caffeine in, so maybe it didn't wake me up. Or not. tea in tea in, isn't it? It's not caffeine. Yes. Well, anyway, have you heard it's not my cup of tea? Oh yes, of course. Of course. My of course. Cup of yes, tea. that's not the most a, obvious one, isn't it? Me. Yes, yeah, yeah. Not my cup of tea. That's a very good one. Exactly. Uh I'm sure everyone knows that one, but maybe I'll give you an example. Do you want to come with me to see the death metal concert this evening? That, of that, hell. Yeah, um, yeah, that is my cup of tea. No. Okay. <laughs> if you don't like death metal, you say, well, that's not my cup of tea. I prefer classical music, really, or something like that, wouldn't you? Another idiom, a storm in a teacup. Oh, yeah, I like that one. That's a good one. What does that mean then? So it means that you're making a big deal out of something when you shouldn't be. So, yeah, you're kind of creating a problem yeah. out of a small situation. It's, it's similar to making a mountain out of a molehill, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. So don't exaggerate the problem. It's only a storm in a teacup. It's not it's mm -hmm. people exaggerating. And the third idiom I have, which is much less common admittedly, but I like it. It's not for all the tea in China. Mm. Yeah. That's, not for anything. 
Yeah, I haven't heard that for a very long time. Is that a kind of an old school? I think it's a little bit old school, but yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it. I think it's got it's it's very evocative. So I so I say to you, for example, do you want to do a parachute jump with me? He goes, no, no, no. I'm I I got a fear of heights. I wouldn't do that. Not for all the tea in China. I mean, mm. no way. And there must be a phrase connected to the Boston Tea Party. No taxation without representation. Ah, uh, but that doesn't have tea in it, does it? No. No. A question, going to the history, question, where does tea come from? Your test. China. Yeah, correct. Correct, yeah. more or less. There, there I, were little bits of India, like uh, China, uh, Tibet, and, and North East India as well. I had a bit, bit of a clue from your last idiom, though. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I'll tell you, you won't, you won't know this. I'll tell you the, the legend of how tea drinking began. It was when, in 2737 BC, Emperor Sheng Nong, he was sitting in his garden, boiling some water, and then a tea leaf fell into his cup. And he, he drank it anyway, and he thought, mm, yum, yum, that's good. And the rest, they say, is history. Mm-hmm. Not sure about uh, the, how true that is, the veracity of that. that yeah, it's, uh, it sounds, sounds a little bit vague, doesn't it? I'll return to the history in a moment, but uh, let me ask you, how do you drink your tea? I drink it um, relatively strong, but only with a dash of milk. My question is do you use loose tea or do you use tea bags oh that's a good question um i use tea bags but i use the kind of tea bags that are compostable so they don't have any plastic in i do insist though that loose tea is better i'm not saying i never use tea bags but loose tea, you get better quality tea with loose mm. tea yeah no very much so i think uh, and also you get more out of it don't you or, or you can measure it yourself can't you certainly in terms of your volume and how much you want yeah and uh, i'm going to ask you about that because you're 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 english so mm. am i <laughs> in spite of what people say i'm uh, english uh, you're more english than me I, in, in many ways in am i fact. well why is that I just just your turn of phrases sometimes. Oh, I mean, okay. I thought I thought you were going to say you were you were you were born and, and raised on a hill farm in Swaziland or, or something. But, that make you more English? No, you. So me. Oh me? Your, no, 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 no. Swaziland was my great 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 grandfather, maybe. So, uh, Lucy, how do you make it? Do you want to know? Do you know how to make it? The best way to make make tea? I've made a video, by the way. On let them talk TV. Anyways, not many people watch that video. <laughs> but I did make a video okay. um, explaining the best way to make a cup of tea, um, a traditional way. Okay, you know, I I probably wouldn't know. I refer. If you're not sure, George Orwell wrote a little piece about how to make a cup of tea as well. He did wow. it very well. Okay. Yes, you can find that on the internet. Anyone out there listening want to read a, a nice essay by George Orwell? Search for how to make a cup of tea by George Orwell. Okay. Oh, and he makes some good points. The English like to use black tea. I know if you go to uh, China, Japan, and many parts of the world, they drink green tea. But English like to use black tea. 
Mm. Yeah. And black tea is the type of tea. It's, it's made to take a bit of milk. Often I have it black, actually, but it is made so that it takes the milk. The green, of course, green tea, you'd never, you'd have to be an idiot to put milk in green tea. No, don't do it. It's completely ruined the taste. But black tea is, in fact, made to, to, to take a bit of milk, and it, it in, can enhance the taste. The problem, I think, in Europe, with your Italian, French, or f- France, is they use bad milk. They use UHT, because tea is a very subtle drink. And if you're using good tea, you need good milk. It must be fresh milk from the chilled cabinet in your supermarket, not coming from a brick. It must be pretty good quality milk if you're going to use it at all. Okay, then you'll see a little bit will enhance the taste. But I I think it is a matter of taste, isn't it? Because, I mean, obviously you can find good, you know, nice quality milk um, in Italy or France, can't you? So it's it's just habit, isn't it? And it's kind of... um, you know, you perhaps culturally you don't have the habit of doing it, so therefore it seems a bit wrong in a way. To an extent, yeah. There is a lot of truth in that. Like I say, you can put milk in black tea, but, but green tea you can't. But returning to the uh, tea bags, tea leaves thing, use good quality tea leaves. People forget the that water, good water, is very important to get uh, good tea. Yes, and Lu Yu, Lu Yu, Chinese, wrote a treatise on tea in the 8th century do you know where to get the best water from not london not a london tap water no he said <laughs> from a mountain stream the best water for tea comes from a mountain stream wow yeah and if you can't get that use river water although frankly i'm not sure i'm gonna dip my teapot into the thames or the same <laughs> no i probably wouldn't do that either i mean let, let me ask you this question as you are a born and bred londoner yeah so the water in london is quite hard isn't it in in terms of the fact that it has quite a lot of lime in it yeah yeah so and also as well there is i don't know whether this is a myth or not again you're probably going to chastise me but apparently in london when you drink tap water it's been through about eight people before you um, so bearing in mind it's hard water and it could have been through eight people before you, do you think it makes a good cup of tea? Well, well, not really, no. I think it's, like, it's perfectly okay to drink. I drank it all, all my life, you know. It's perfectly okay to drink, but if you want to have a better cup of tea, you, you wouldn't use the tap water. You could use, you can soften the water by using something called binchotan. Have you heard of that? No, that's binchotan is is like it's a Japanese word, and it's kind of like a charcoal stick. Oh, okay, yes, I know and what you, you mean. You put it in the water, and you you can leave it there for like twelve hours, and it sort of softens the water. Mm. And it's mm. really really effective. It's better than buying bottled water just for for, for the the waste, all the plastic that we use up. So mm. if you can use, you can get some binchotan to soften the water, and it's a really good good way to go. Mm. Okay. Well, that's a good tip. I was, in fact, thinking about getting a water jug with uh, bincho tannin. So uh, I didn't know it was called that, but yeah, that's what it yeah. was. Moving on to the tea. So you have a teapot, you have tea, you have good quality water, you put the tea leaves in the pot, and then the water at 100 degrees. With black tea, you can use boiling water or almost boiling. With green tea, you should put it at a lower temperature. 
but we're talking about black tea. We're talking about English tea because we're English today. So, yeah, you can put it at almost boiling into the teapot. Perhaps put the water in first to warm up the teapot and then the tea. And don't put the tea leaves into anything other than directly into the teapot. Tea should be free. It should be uh, let loose into the teapot so that the infusion spreads around. Okay. So you would obviously, yeah. yeah, you'd have to have a strainer though, right? In order to. But why? I never use a strainer. I don't know why it's necessary to use a strainer. If a time, <laughs> even George Orwell said this, not, not only me, but, okay. you know, occasionally a tiny leaf of tea, like grain of tea, will get into the cup. But so what? It's not going to kill you. But usually, <laughs> it, it, if you pour it in the right manner, it's not it's not going to happen anyway so i just don't bother with a, a strainer frankly right no fair enough so you just chew yeah. on leaves right and leave it for eight minutes okay before pouring leave it eight minutes okay so that's important it, often the problem is the understrength of the tea leave it for eight minutes and then then pour okay i yeah. feel as if um you know you'd have to do all this if you're having tea with the queen but otherwise you you can be a little bit more flexible, right? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean you, you can always you can always take shortcuts in life. You can always have instant coffee if you want, you know. But then you're 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 going on a one way path to, to you know horribleness. To hell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you don't have a leg to stand on. No, you can always take shortcuts in life. Fair don't enough. read the whole book. Just read the summary on the back. You know. Mm. Yeah, Take well. time to get the pleasure. <laughs> well, but I think that's probably the important lesson, isn't it? That, that you know, drinking tea properly lets you enjoy the moment, right? Yeah. And I yeah. think that's important in this modern world. And the whole process of making is, is making it, making a good cup of tea is, 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 is nice. Therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah, therapeutic, that's right. Right. So this is why you're so relaxed, is, is that right? <laughs> something like that <laughs> okay. i'm gonna give you one or two more curious items from the history of tea if you want yeah do, yeah. do you remember last time last time we talked about coffee and we said that in the 18th century england was a coffee drinking uh, country with all the coffee houses around six thousand if i remember correctly six thousand coffee houses in london in the 18th century so really, coffee was established a long time before tea. However, they started drinking tea. And one reason, or they think that the reason is because the wife of Charles II, Catherine of Braganza, mm -hmm. she loved tea and she made it popular in the court. And that spread around the aristocracy and then the rest of the country. Mm. Yeah. So was that... Charles II, was that the one that came after the English Civil War? Yeah. Oh, yeah, after Oliver Cromwell, they, yeah. they brought back the, the king. So if, if somebody is coming to the UK, for example, and they go to, a, you know, kind of a tea house or, or a cafe or something, if they wanted to order British tea, would you recommend that they just say black tea or would you say that they have to say english breakfast tea because often we say english breakfast tea don't we 
but there are many types of t- many types but of- i mean as in the the one that we would traditionally um talk about well, not as- really because no. you have you have uh, assam tea and darjeeling and earl grey uh, there are lots of ways to drink black tea mm. but i i, whatever, I mean whatever you like whatever you like yeah sure so those are just different flavorings aren't they really so i mean for me i would normally just go for english breakfast tea yeah. well it, i guess it's the same with everything with is we're saying with beer you can just order a pint of lager or you can go for some craft new england ipa or whatever you like to drink it's it's your choice there are lots of options lots of choice yeah, yeah. I would if you're going to spend a lot of money in a tea house in in England or whatever. Yeah, make sure that they give you loose tea. If they just stick a bag into <laughs> a cup and then ask for five pounds, I would, you know, I would be upset. Hesitate. Yeah, I'd be upset. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, returning to the English language and tea, which is which is what this podcast is all about. Uh, did you know there are only two words? More or less, only two words for tea in the in all the languages in all the world. Wow! Do you know what they are? Tea. Is <laughs> one of them. Good. <laughs> Cha. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Exactly. Look at that. And all, all, your all right. of Western Europe, all of Western Europe says tea, except for one country, Western Europe. Do you know what it is? Which one? Which one in Western Europe doesn't use tea? Yeah. It says wow. char. I am I'm not sure how to pronounce char. it. Um, oh, that's a curious one. Holland? God. Netherlands? No, it is Portugal. Oh, really? Portugal. So the reason is that tea and char are both Chinese words coming from the same Chinese character. Mm. However, the way it's pronounced is different in different parts of China. In Mandarin and Cantonese, they both pronounce it uh, cha in the Chinese work. I can't do the, the Chinese accent. However, in other parts of China, I think it's in Fujian, uh, they pr- it's tea or something a bit like that. Anyway, the traders that took tea to Europe the first time, the Dutch, we get English words tea from the Dutch. Okay, the Dutch word, which I'm not going to try and pronounce because... I'm not very good at pronouncing foreign words. Uh, we get it from Dutch, and most European, Western European countries get their tea from Dutch traders, okay? So they use the word tea, or mm. a variant on tea, like mm. te French, and te in, in Spanish. But the Portuguese were also trading, and they took it from a different port, I think Macau, where it was pronounced chai. So that's why... It's in Portuguese, it's chai. And also other countries where it co- came overland, the tea came overland, I think, to Russia and Persia and Turkey, rather than the sea route, they use chai. Mm. Okay. And uh, Japan is, is a little bit different. Japan, they say chai or variant cha, but they got tea much earlier than other countries, but they got it directly from China, from the sort of Mandarin part. So they say chai as well. So they got only two words for tea. Hmm. Well, you always enlighten me. I mean, this is what's special about doing your podcast and not <laughs> knowing what I'm doing beforehand. I, you know, 
always learn something new revelation each time although yes and uh, but you do know that it, it, even in english we do sometimes say cha we do a cup of cha that's cup very cha mm. yeah fancy cup of cha so yeah we do have both words of course tea is a much more common word yes indeed wow yes i'm impressed I'm impressed yes. okay yeah I, I want you to... it doesn't <laughs> take much to impress me though so I just I want you to, to, to talk about one other historical thing that I found on my research, which is I find quite fascinating. The British were important. It's actually I won't go into the Opium Wars. I'll do that another time. But the British weren't very nice, and you know they were trading, they were what? trading tea for uh, opium. The what? The British, the British not being nice in colonies, really. Yeah. We, we we won't go into that today. I mean, it's it's a that's gonna that's a whole whole other thing. But the the Chinese had a monopoly on tea. Okay, so what the British did sneakily this is this is this is the sort of incredible part. This was in the mid eighteen hundreds. Okay, mm -hmm. the British thought, well, why are we paying the Chinese so much money for their tea? Why don't we grow our own tea? We've got our colonies and stuff, and they tried to grow it in Assam tea but it wasn't very good quality it wasn't very good so yeah chinese tea is the best we've got to get some of those chinese tea uh, but of course the chinese were very protected of their tea you weren't allowed to you know export the uh, the, the seeds or the plants or anything like that so this is strange so the, so the british sent in a guy called robert fortune okay the british tea committee they sent in a guy called robert fortune who was an English botanist. No, he was English. And the strange thing is he went undercover in China. He disguised himself as a Chinese merchant. Oh, my God. And he traveled all around the country and yeah. he was learning about farming and the techniques. And then he, he stole some tea seeds and some sample plants and then brought them back. And then the, the British were, in, were able to plant the good tea in India. Ah, I mean, nice. how could an English guy just go to China and pretend to be a Chinese merchant? Well, yeah, that, speak that, the, is, <laughs> speak the language or not perfectly. I didn't yeah, look that, Chinese. That, that is curious, isn't it? I mean, I'm very surprised the Chinese didn't spot him, but um, perhaps they didn't care. Or, yeah, I don't know. Curious, yeah. I don't know. One, so, of, one of the early James Bonds, you see. Yeah. Very, very good. So that broke the monopoly on Chinese tea. So after that, India started making tea, and then Ceylon, and even some other parts of the world like uh, Kenya, get tea. And do you know there are only six ways to make tea? Do you know what they are? Uh, I think you it, know, it was, yeah, yeah. It probably wasn't a good idea to ask me, was it? <laughs> <laughs> we have black tea. That's English like black tea. You know, in, in many parts of the world, they like green tea, but you can also have white tea, yellow tea, oolong tea, and pu'e tea. Those are the six types of tea. Okay. Well, they all come from the same plant, but uh, you what's, can process it six, six different ways. What's white tea? White tea, I think it's made from the buds, and it's about the oxi oxidation of the tea. I won't go into the details, but I think it's important. But uh, the, the pu'e tea is interesting. Pu'e tea is like a cake. That's how it was originally made. Puete is like, um, it's a fermented tea and it's like a cake. It can actually last for years. You can keep it for years and you break off a bit of the cake and you make the tea. I've ha I have some. I'm, I make it from time to time. 
it's quite good it's quite got a strong, stronger taste mm. and and the interesting thing is in, in back in the day in china these cakes these tea cakes in some parts of the chinese empire they were used as currency as money wow tea money in england tea became the choice of drink for breakfast as you know a lot of people had tea that's only that's only from like the 19th century because tea was quite an expensive drink until then then the price came down but do you know what they drank before muddy water well <laughs> often people would drink beer or diluted beer for breakfast strange oh, now wow. yeah. and people wonder why we have a reputation for drinking yeah because the water was not maybe not so clean depending where you were you couldn't drink tap water so you have another beverage so yeah so john are you take my advice and drink loose tea from now on i'll give it a go do I'm, that i'll enhance not, your life i think it will i mean i'm probably not going to do it every day but i will give it a bash just okay for just for you do that let us know how it goes next time i will and john your remind the the listeners your podcast yeah sure so my podcast is called english with monty uh it doesn't have as many nuggets of information like it does in um zeitgeist banana but it it is a very excellent podcast i'm slightly biased but i would say it's much better <laughs> okay but you've got a special guest on this time haven't you have i yeah, me. Oh, um, yeah. Sorry. Joining I you forgot for a podcast. second there. I, I forgot for a second there. I, I, yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> okay, so listen to English with Monty podcast. Listen, of course, to Let Them Talk TV on YouTube, our YouTube channel. And catch you next time. Yes, Bye. see you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.